I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Saying like, oh, like a raven, she remains cryptic. It's like, yeah, most animals are fucking cryptic. They don't speak. Boys here, the internet's number one fake history podcast, here to read you another story of a made-up god in a made-up universe. Uh, today we're going to be covering the Raven Queen from Dungeons and & Dragons and in hit uh, CRPG Baldur's Gate 3, I think they're mentioned a little bit. Um, this is first requested by longtime patron Chaz, like ages ago, uh, but more recent support from Kayla and Last Peekaboo. Last Peekaboo specifically, uh, more recent patron. Um, uh, mentioned that playing through Baldur's Gate 3 was much more enjoyable knowing some stuff about the Raven Queen. So I decided to look into it. So cool. thanks for thanks for the suggestion, everyone. I'm your host, Ethan Palmer. With me, as always, is Peter and Jamie. Say hi, Peter so, and Jamie. Hello. Hey. I'm hey. Pete. That's Jamie. And that's yeah. Jamie. Uh, I do want to give a quick shout out to uh, new patrons, Turkin and JX O'Malley. Thanks so much for uh, supporting the show, guys uh, or gals. Uh, if you want to become a patron, patreon.com slash the lore boys. You can check it out. Um, Every dollar of your money will be spent on uh, like booze, probably maybe some food. <laughs> yeah. I don't uh, know about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Jimmy, Jimmy such a bad incentive to, to stream more. So yeah, I know. yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy heroin with it. That's all I'm gonna spend your money on is heroin. It, you'll probably break up my marriage and my family by supporting us on Patreon. So if that's something that you want to do, <laughs> yes, you're an asshole, but go do it at Patreon. Yeah, I put bit. a lot of it into my RRSP, so I don't need to pay taxes on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also cannot remember if uh, longtime supporter of the show Magnus. Uh, was shouted out last week for upgrading their membership or uh, Zach Hogan. So thanks to both of you guys for increasing your support for of the, the show. Cashola. Yeah. Sideshow Commissar uh, was the second one there. Nice. Oh, I've loved that username for a while. That's a great one. <laughs> There's some good ones. There's some good ones in the in the, the Discord for sure. And if you want to check out the Discord, discord.com slash loreboys. Discord.gg slash loreboys. Yeah. There you, go. you can just point to me anytime you want that one because I'll always get it. I think discord.com works too. Oh, it doesn't. Okay. Oh, no. Tried. Yeah. So it's discord.gg slash lorewars. If you want to uh, request an episode like this one, like Chaz did, or uh, if you want us to rate your username, uh, head over <laughs> to Discord. Join us there. We're so, rating dicks. Uh, <laughs> no, we aren't. Don't send them to us. We're not rating them. <laughs> Do not post them on the server with that has children on we'll it. Please. Ban you. Yeah, exactly. We'll look a bit. Yeah, also, I uh, delete messages people send in, send us on Instagram, so we ain't writing shit, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but DM Pete your dick pics. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here and assume you guys don't know anything about the Raven Queen. Is that uh, the f- 
fair to say? I'm going to guess she's not a bird. It's probably like a not raven a th- themed lady. Yeah. Um, and because it's D&D, she might be a elf. She is an elf. That's yeah. very good, Peter. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. I think that she's just loves to just like gush about things she just loves to talk oh, about things. oh she's a raven, raven queen yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's oh like fuck a... wait a second it's it's a raven queen that would be like a great drag character so i think <laughs> he's an elf and he's glued down his eyebrow glued down his eyebrows and has like a big crow like beehive wig on but uh, made of crow feathers it's why crow feathers are not raven feathers that's they're what the I'm, same that's animal what i have to wonder they're not they're <laughs> different animals peter <laughs> a raven and a crow i think ravens are crows they're i think both that cor- they're both corvids they're both they're, corvids they're different but like a, animals a raven are is they huge so we we actually recently out here where i live we've had ravens recently they're that's an like, ill i've been playing a lot of ac valhalla it's an ill omen you need to like rattle some bones or talk to a seer or some shit dude that's they, fucked up <laughs> they're like they're like three feet tall like they're so big they're like massive turkey <laughs> and so, so ravens you can tell ravens apart so ravens typically travel alone or in pairs crows typically travel in groups of like three or more so a murder, if you see, right yeah if you see more than two it's it's never a, a raven uh ravens croak they don't call crows oh. will go like caw, caw. ravens gotta go like rrr, rrr. um and you can kind of tell by the the spread of their tail feathers ravens kind of have this like domed yeah. curved look and uh crow's tail feathers are very square i could oh. use me some crow dome um so, so the raven queen goes gluck, gluck, gluck. Yeah, gluck, gluck, gluck. <laughs> is that yeah. what you just it, said croaks it's it's, <laughs> it's so funny that um you say raven like like you made the raving pun because uh, Pete brought it up like oh I assume there's a raven aesthetic they're super not yeah, at least in so the source for this entire episode is Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes which which is a fifth edi- fifth edition source book that introduced some like new playable races some new enemies things like that right um, so all all of this info comes from from that source book and there's nothing in it that like references ravens except for like one minor detail in like the behavior of her and her followers which we'll get to like near the end of this basically okay. right but when you Dropping say raven nuts on the queen, highway to have a car crap like crush crush them before right like, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly exactly uh you can you can train her to, to bring you a dollar bill for a for a nut essentially right? Ooh. <laughs> damn baldur's gate 3 sounds great <laughs> <laughs> dollar um, bill for a nut yeah that's a steal <laughs> um yeah so but it's so funny you say raving queen because uh like there's a lot more themes of her being like very very emotional which we'll also get get to at the end but i think like raving might be like a more apt <laughs> no like, okay or um well, obviously there is some iconography with like ravens she does have like raven serv- servants which we'll get to um uh before we get too far in i guess uh I don't have much experience with Baldur's Gate. I went to friend of the show Bobby's house and I opened up the original CDs for the first game and I read the the things like oh, Baldur's Gate is here and it like guards the is it the Fae? It's something that has like a uh, weird pronunciation or something. Like, uh, what, what is Baldur's Gate? What why why is it? It's a city. Baldur's yeah, Gate's it's a city on the sword coast. coast. I think yeah, it's yeah. on the sword coast, south of Waterdeep. And okay. It's the Candlekeep, which is a an infamous like. M- monastic library fortress okay okay i remember there being something in the opener of something that had to tell you how to pronounce it i I read this very quickly six months ago so i don't remember exactly but anyway i don't remember what you read either if i'm being yeah so i thought you might know from the story it was like something but so we're not gonna we're not talking Baldur's gate we're talking about the raven queen specifically who's a a a deity in in the D D 
published pantheon right like oh, the okay um she existed before the original baldur's gates games which came out in the 90s and before certainly long before this baldur's gate 3 she does have two different origin stories at least so there was one or sorry her her mortal followers the shatter kai who we'll also talk about today um have uh they're a different origin story in fourth edition where again all our lore is coming from the most recent sources which is mordenkainen's tome of foes so it's all fifth edition stuff so there are some alternate histories i'm sure there's been like alternate origins for the raven queen in the past as well but we're going to talk specifically about the fifth edition stuff cool okay so i will start us off with a quote and this is from high lady illustrial silverhand as written in mordenkainen's tome of foes the raven queen is trapped by her fascination with the past she sits in her fortress amidst all the memories of the world, looking at the ones that please her most as though they were glittering jewels. Many great wizards have attempted to understand her motives, but like a raven, she has always remained cryptic, keeping her cache of secrets just out of reach. Um, this is kind of what I was just referencing in, in like the, her her hoarding of of certain things like trinkets and stuff in a very like magpie esque way is is i think the only link to her like being a raven that i can really find i don't even know if ravens do this i know you can train crows to do it i know magpies are notorious for doing it and they are corvids so they're part of the same like exactly yeah bird branch right i don't know if i don't think blue jays do this for for example you know what i mean like they are corvids that's true probably train a blue jay to do it but like i don't know if they just do it naturally and i don't know if ravens do it naturally but yeah Saying like, oh, like a raven, she remains cryptic. Is like, yeah, most animals are fucking cryptic. They don't speak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, it's just a raven in an actual crypt. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like also, I was just thinking, it's like, no, my cat is very clear with what she wants. Actually, the least cryptic animal is she wants to make biscuits when she lies on my stomach, mm-hmm. and when she's screaming in the kitchen, she wants food. Yeah, fair. Easy peasy. Yeah. Easy peasy. Cats not cryptic. Cats are cats are blunt. I am. Um, I'm still getting to know mine. I guess sometimes she's yelling. A raven make biscuits on your tummy, on your tum tum. <laughs> oh, if, <laughs> if I wore a nice sweater outside and I covered myself in dollar bills and no, seeds, maybe those are, those are crows, Peter. You're oh, always doing it with crows. <laughs> I think they would, they would make you actual biscuits before making you biscuits in the way a cat would. Like you just put it like a a nut in like a cylinder with like the flour on the other side and you'll poke it out with a stick. It, need to, yeah, it needs to pre- <laughs> preheat the tube to get the dough to rise to get the seed out off the top. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A series of, uh, it's like a gold uh, what is it? Rube Goldberg seed machine? Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I love if Ratatouille was the same movie but instead under his hat he just had a raven that could not speak and it was just like a, actually a very dark and creepy film. <laughs> That'd be fun for sure. I saw an indie game today where you play as a rat and you just have to run around and collect all these little things. And it looked kind of engaging. The rat Didn't POV. you play like when you were like rats and you had to solve puzzles? Oh, that I, was I an won. awful game. That oh, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, Jester yeah. bought that for me and it was just like a really bad Steam game. <laughs> but that was that was a Rube Goldberg game. It was like, yeah ugly rats or something yeah you called, have to right? put like a barrel a round barrel on its side and then like a two by four and then drop a rat next to a bowling ball so it goes flying yeah, over very, the fence yeah, really fantastic contraption bad rats yeah. bad, bad rats, rats. Oh, awful cool. game yeah. don't buy it um <laughs> <laughs> so we're not we're surprisingly not talking about bad rats the game lore today um next week but we're talking about the raven queen but we can't start talking about the raven queen leader of the Shatter Kai and the Shadowfell, without first talking more generally about elves in D&D, because we've never really covered them. Okay. Um, 
So the elves in fifth fifth edition are direct descendants from the divine, not the Raven Queen, but the elven god Corallon. So I sent you guys a picture of Corallon in his battle against Groomsh. We'll we'll get to Groomsh in a couple paragraphs here. What you need to know is at the dawn of time, Corallon wandered the universe, dancing their way from world to world and plane to plane. They were a shapeshifter and would often take whatever form fit their fancy. Could be a raven, could be a shifting desert, could be a murmuration of starlings or a laughing river or a funny <laughs> smell that also was a color. Like they could just take like any any shape, essentially any shape, form, thought they could manifest as a an appearance. This is some it, hardcore uh, side of a van 80s art. Yeah, it's fantastic, gave. fantastic 80s art that I did share with you guys. I think yeah. this is official artwork, but I, I'm not positive. A lot of the, these figures don't have official artwork except for one who we'll get, get to in, in also just a few little paragraphs here. What uh, I would there's, imagine, there's too much artwork over. Yeah, what I would imagine is like normally like a nice, beautiful looking ginger person uh, attacking what looks like an orc or something. Yeah. Uh, her face is twisted into such a grimace of like war while she's slitting this thing's yeah. throat well, and that she looks scarier than the orc does like yeah. it's so it's it's their face they are very specifically like gender fluid because they take on the form of a fucking laughing river sometimes so like yeah, they, yeah. they they will shift back and forth <laughs> and, and all the artwork you find river that along... laughs is in fact fluid a uh, gendered fluid right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, so any any artwork you find of Corlon is is deliberately androgynous. That's why you see these like like rippling muscles, but then also like a feminine hair and kind of feminine feminine stance and hips. You know, like she's got it's glam. It's glam. Hourglass like, figure, like essentially. But who who are poison? Right? Yeah, exactly. Or a rat. Yeah, uh, looks like the ladies that my Instagram reels show me that have the crazy big muscles. But a pretty face. I'm mm-hmm. also on Muscle Mommy algorithm these days. It's oh not. We're bad. all there. We're all there. Okay. <laughs> we're all. We're all. We all stand a, a good Muscle Mommy. Yeah. Uh, just mewing bad. at the camera, you know. Like, what is mewing? <laughs> it's like um. It's basically looks maxing your face. So it's like making okay, sure. I don't know what that means. Looks maxing like that well, is. A, you, it's not a word. Interrupt <laughs> me. I was gonna see. I was gonna give you two definitions in one. So you're <laughs> looks maxing your face. So you're you're like trying to get the angles perfect. Like ideally, your jaw should sit a certain way under your teeth. So usually out forward. Your cheeks okay. get sucked in. You kind of squint a little. I don't have the face for it, but. Get basically making your your face as close to the ideal uh, human alpha Chad face as possible. Uh, the underbite is not like Chad. the Giga Chad guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. And the technique of- looks maxing, or is it the well, same? Well, okay, thing? it's like well, you're trying to max out your looks, like min maxing. Think of min maxing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and then yeah. apply it to looks. You're trying What's to look. Mewing is the posture of your face to maximize how good you could look to. To okay, be, so uh, mewing is an aspect of looks maxing. Yes. Okay. Yeah, you're like this type of face, like you know, like this Squidward, Giga Chad, attractive yeah. Squidward type face. Yeah. All I can say is people are fucking lucky. I there's no way I can get a nuke. You know what I mean? I'd probably take some <laughs> some servers out or something. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we have at the dawn of time, Corallon, uh, uh, you know, a god at the beginning of time. Essentially, we we've, we've covered the creation myth of D and D in the past way yeah. way long ago um there's other gods around but this is there's no elves and this is like the one who will give birth to the elves essentially um no matter what form Corlin took all the gods knew them for their mercurial nature 
uh, they were constantly changing form. They would not keep an oath or or they would break promises willy nilly. Um, so all the other gods kind of knew. Uh, don't don't trust Coralon too much. They're fickle. If they say something, they might not mean it. They might change their mind down the road. Don't trust what the river tells you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, all of the gods let Coralon get away with this. They they understand it's their nature. Uh, they know what to they know what to expect anytime they're dealing with the fair dancer. Um, all of the gods except for one. That is that's Grumpsh. Like I as <laughs> though the aforementioned Grumpsh. That's G R U U M S H. Okay. Uh, daddy of all the orc gods. So this is like the big orc god and the big elf god, essentially. Okay. Um, the daddy of all the orc gods despises our cute little twink god, uh, and the two uh, decide to go to war. So that picture that I I've, I sent you guys is the Grinch uh, who stole Twinkmas. They're both green, so um, oh, no. so. That that picture that I sent you is Coralon taking out Grimsh's eye. Grimsh is, is always depicted as one-eyed because Coralon took out took out his eye at some point uh, in, in the distant past. Coralon took some blows as well, and from the blood shed by Coralon during this battle, the first of the elves would spring. Uh, they were oh. a much alike Coralon, not as strong, but they were functionally immortal. They reflected many attributes of their progenitor, uh, and they kind of just followed him around for a time, unnoticed by him. So it's like his his he got slashed by Grimsh's axe, blood spilled where the blood pooled, forms or, or yeah beings took shape, uh, and those beings became the first of the elves and also the first of the elf gods. Cool. I see. Okay. So when Corlan noticed that he had these twinkling remoras trailing in his shadow, he gave them each a name. Uh, or sorry, not each of them a name. He gave a, a good portion of them a name, and all the ones that he named became elf gods. And the elf pantheon was born. Okay. Uh, so these proto elf <laughs> remoras. <laughs> yeah, well, they're, uh, so they're literally described as being like they're they're made of like stardust or or whatever. So they're like twinkling, and they they like live in his shadow. Yeah, that's yeah. Like so that's you call exist, them a right? twink. That just sounds like a diminutive of twinkling. He's a little twinkling. He's a little twinkling. Yeah. Okay. He'll, someday he'll be a full grown twink. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I, I can't believe uh, I'm forgetting the name of the artist right now. It is completely. Oh, David Bowie. Never mind. It's. I'm just imagining just a bunch of David Bowies and different David Bowie costumes following around. Straight up, like six oh. inches tall, just yeah. like following around this elf god. <laughs> Straight up. This yeah. This uh, '80s hair metal, uh, glam metal elf god. Right. Yeah. 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 It's uh, David Bowie and Mick Jagger from Dancing in the Street just doing their yeah. dance moves behind. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a hilarious music video, by the way. If you want to see a super homoerotic 80s music video, watch Dancing in the Street with Mick uh, Jagger yeah. and yeah. David Bowie. I feel like that that would be such a good music video to watch with no like no music, right? Like oh, if, yeah. if, if they if they lifted oh, the just the squeaking that, shoes. Just yes. the squeaking shoes and kind of just like grunting every now and then. I feel it would be the so moves good. are so good. We used to do them in high school all the time yeah. and because they're they're great dance moves. Yeah. Uh so these proto elf gods were much like Corlon in their shifting, changing ways until one of the followers looked at the non elven gods of the universe and saw the impact their static forms had. So again, Corlon at this point is not really making an impact on the universe like the other gods are. They are creating mortal followers. They are, you know, shaping realms in their image and and staking a claim. Corlon's not interested in any of that. 
they're just kind of like dancing around, flitting from one place to, to the next, just not really bleeding, caring. Leaving David Bowie's all over the place. Exactly. <laughs> um, one of the followers of Coralon kind of sees the impact that other gods have and say like, well, I want that for me and my people, right? Right. Uh, so she gave herself form and gave herself a name, Lolf. Does the name Lolf ring any bells for you too? This is Lolf. 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 L-O-L-T-H. This is no. one of the more popular uh, characters in, in the D&D canon, I guess, um, as evinced by there being a ton of artwork for her. Uh, and I, I did share a picture of what she will eventually come to look like. She does not look like this just quite yet. She does look just like an elf without form who is going to give herself the form of an elf, essentially. Oh, um, horrible spider queen. Okay. Yeah, so she is going to become like the dark. Oh, she, she like dark, the drow queen or some shit. She's, she's the god of the drow. Yeah, essentially, okay, yeah. And she's about okay. to create the drow, but okay. um, she does eventually go to the abyss and become a demon queen and takes this spider form, essentially, right? Okay. Uh, and uh, honestly, doing this, we're not going to talk too much about the drow. We're not going to talk too much about like the traditional elves or anything like that. But uh, if people are interested, it's there's plenty there. So I could, if you like this episode, let me know. And I can do uh, I can do another episode. Uh, so I'm going to read you guys uh, a, a bit of a longer quote here about Lolf. The entity who called herself Lolf spoke to the other new gods and wove an enticing tale of how the elves could attain superiority if only they could relinquish a bit of their individual freedom. Together, united in purpose, the gods could be the vanguard of this effort. Wasn't losing freedom to achieve greatness worth the price? Through this argument, Lolf persuaded the primal entities to take static forms, largely resembling what elves look like today, and thereby turn away from the example of Corlin's wild, ever-shifting ways. As these primal reflections of Corlin changed their nature and defined themselves, they came to see Corlon and Lolf in new lights. They now viewed Corlon as their father, the one who had sired them, and Lolf as their mother, the one who set them on the path to their destiny. Each of the other primal elves, as children will do, favored one parent or the other. Coralon was revolted by this perceived betrayal and railed against Lolf's intrusion. Some of the primal elves rose. Some of the primal elves rose to her defense. That's a mouthful. I'm sorry. They argued that no entity who sprang from Coralon, no matter how rebellious, should be attacked. Those who remained advocates of Coralon insisted that their sire also wanted greatness for the elves, and that such greatness could be achieved if all the primal elves followed Coralon's lead. The primal elves gathered in great hosts around Lolf and Coralon as each entity pleaded its case. At a time when Corlon became distracted and lost in thought, Lolf crept up on him and sought to strike a mortal blow. The elves who favored Corlon helped to blunt the attack, but those in Lolf's camp remained aloof and detached, doing nothing to prevent her onslaught. So, um, essentially what happens is Lolf convinces, as far as I can tell, all the elves, all the elf gods, and the, their mortal, mortal followers to take static forms. It's only Corlon who remains this, this shifting... Uh, the shifting shape. There might be one or two of the elven gods who remain a, a or retain a shifting shape, but I couldn't find any mention of like an elf sub race that has this like shifting right. race, like or the shifting uh, ability feature. Maybe the changelings are like descended from that or something would make sense. But so Loth convinces all of them to take this form. Coralin sees it as a betrayal. Um, Coralin gets mad at Loth, and Loth's followers are very much like. Uh, right-wing political <laughs> uh, uh, pundits in today's day and age where they're like, well, you, you can't hit her. Like, we're all sons of Corlon. Like, none of none of the children should be should be struck. And then when she goes to strike him, they all just say nothing. They're like, oh, yeah, well, that's that's fine. Like, she, like yeah, she's just yeah, doing yeah, her thing. Course. You know what I mean? It was yeah. right for me, not, not or right for me, but not for you. Um, <laughs> well, Spider alt- Queen wants to beat up the river guy. Yeah. I think that's okay. <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> 
Um, so Loth is unable to deal a killing blow, uh, and this would spell the end of the happy-go-lucky days of lounging in the golden lands of Arvindor for the elves. Arvindor is what become what what essentially is uh, Corlin's like home. Uh, he didn't necessarily take a huge stake in shaping lands to himself, but it seems like at some point during maybe during this time when his children were taking fixed forums, he creates Arvindor, which is elf heaven. When an elf yeah. dies. If you okay. lived a good life, you go to you go to Arvindor essentially. Sounds like a very rich thing. Like if you think of door is like French for gold. <laughs> uh, you think of Arvin. It, it almost sounds like Argent, which is like money. Yeah. I don't know what Arvin or would Arvin, be. Uh, the the riches of the chipmunks. <laughs> Arvin of <laughs> the chipmunks. <laughs> uh, his his, his, his chip, chipmunk children were convinced to take static forms and not <laughs> just appear as yeah. <laughs> well, Christmas the three, songs. So Alvin and his brothers appeared from Arvin's flesh when Arvin was cut in his uh, duel against the orca god. Yeah, yeah, and then right. the the songs of the chipmunks uh, created the world around them. Right, yeah, exactly, exactly, absolutely. Spider chipmunk queen. <laughs> <laughs> so Loth leaves the land of Arvindor. Obviously, not allowed to stick around anymore. Uh, becomes a demon lord in the abyss like I said, <laughs> with her elven followers who eventually would become the drow. While Corlin remained the leader of the elves in Arvindor, he would never fully trust his children again. All the mortal elves who had not been named gods were kicked out of Arvindor, dispersing in between the Feywild, the Material Plane, and the Shadowfell, uh, where living creatures live, essentially, right? Yeah, okay. So, so like I said, Arvindor is, um, is elf heaven. Uh, like, Corlin is does not trust any of his children again is kind of soured on the whole being a father experience and straight up i should have just stayed a river for christ's sake this yeah, is exactly. so much easier yeah. i just go downhill into the ocean that was my only responsibility yeah i was vibing honestly yeah. salmon um, go up once a year it's great yeah exactly sperm all in me and then <laughs> die <laughs> <laughs> The bears take care of the mess. Don't worry about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I thought we were well, paying a dollar for the mix. First yeah, a dollar for a nut, not your whole life. <laughs> um, but so he's they're they're excuse me, like pretty upset about it uh, enough that when an elf dies, they their soul goes to Arvindor, and they are cared for by the the children, the the gods who've remained in Arvindor with him. But Corlon himself will like never acknowledge like an elf soul. Or like give it comfort or sucker or anything like that. They're just like, no, nope, like fuck them, fuck them all. They're they're all they're really? all bad, universally bad. Uh, yeah, and I I assume that's just like their fickle nature is like they just don't care enough. They don't they yeah, don't I form mean, like, attachments like that. I guess like fool me once, yeah. I mean, yeah, don't form yeah. forms either, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. They all they all did take fixed forms. Uh, if if an elf manages to get to Arvindor, which is uh, one of the outer planes, like Elysium or or something like the Abyss is one of them as well. Yeah. Uh, if you're able to get to Arvindor, like Corallon will not tolerate you being, even if you're there to see one of the other elf gods, like Corallon will not abide you being there for very long. Like you'll get kicked out eventually by the the progenitor of all the elves. Okay. Right. Uh, so this is a period known as the Elven Diaspora, Diaspora, and almost all of the elves would end up in the Feywild after being kicked out of Corallon's realm of Arvindor before they continued on to other planes. So they, they land in the Feywild first and foremost. Some of the elves remain in the Feywild forever. They're known as the Eladrin. Uh, they're Fey elves, essentially. The Drow obviously end up in the Underdark uh, on the Material Plane um, after following Lolth, uh, who went to the Abyss. Um, but most of, the, most of the elves at this time are still in the Feywild. Not just the Eladrin, but essentially like all the elves 
They go to the Feywild. They like the Feywild for whatever reason. Uh, it's kind of like bright and fun, I guess, and, and sparkly they like they, they once were. Pick mushrooms and like live, live barefoot and shit, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. Real hippie shit. Um, so they all land in the Feywild. Amongst these mortal elves, there is a queen leading a group of drow who had forsaken their evil ways. So the drow also have not ended up in the Underdark yet. Lolth okay. went alone to the Abyss. The drow, you know, are, will follow her eventually closer to there and end up in the Underdark. Um, but there is a group of drow who, had, who decide like, hey, Lolth was wrong. Lolth did Corlon dirty. Uh, and they seek to redeem themselves in Corlon's eyes. It's not going to go well, but they're going to try. <laughs> <laughs> so our unnamed queen has a vision board. And at the center of all her yarn strings and, and pretty little thumbtacks is a lofty goal. Okay, to use the souls and magic of her people to elevate elevate herself to a god on par with Corlon and Lolth, and to use that influence to try and defrag the pantheon and reunite all the elves. So, okay, noble goal. She wants to. She wants mom and dad to get back together, <laughs> undo the divorce, uh, and and she wants to you know l- allow all the the elves back into Arvindor. Their, that is their what Parent time. Trap was about, right? Like yeah, using it's... your twin, who is also a spider lady, to trick your dad, who is uh, <laughs> missed currently, yeah. and to remarrying your mother. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Did they the, get back the together evil, in the end? Evil Spider Queen. I don't know. I don't remember the movie very well. I know I Lindsay seen. Lohan played two different girls. If I no, wrote they that found movie... a girl that looks like Lindsay Lohan. What? They found a girl that looks like Lindsay Lohan. Oh, it's not. It's not her playing herself. Yeah, or her sister pre- rather. No, I'm pretty sure it's two actors. Oh, well, I, I, I feel like this isn't going to work out, though. Like, you have a bunch of elves go and become drow, go to different planes and stuff or whatever. And like, yeah, they're different than when they left. I don't think you can just bring them back and everything's fine now. The pieces won't fit back together like they did before. You know? I mean, we live with the privilege of dramatic irony, knowing that there is an underground spider queen in a race of dark elves. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I can hear the music, but they can't. It's not yeah, digestive exactly. or yeah, whatever. Yeah, Ron Howard has, has yeah. just like, I want to go back up to heaven and reunite the elves. It's like, she didn't. Is like yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, the gang, the gang ruins all the elves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, um, look who comes crawling back, you fucking piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I like I said before, like her and her followers are drow. Like they're they're not drow in the sense of of what we know as drow being these dark elves who follow Lolth and live in the underdark. It's like, they're just of the camp that originally was on Lolth's side and agreed that we should be permanent. Um, maybe they were, they were like when Lolth went to strike down Corlon, maybe they thought it was worth it or maybe they did. were going to try and stop her or something. We don't, we don't know that. Okay. Um, but they do disavow the other drow and they're evil, at least in, in some way. Here's a, a quote from Mordenkainen, the mage written in the margin of, Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes. So in some of the source books, you'll get these like, they'll do what look like margin notes as if you're reading like, it's a book that like the Tome of Foes is a book is written by Mordenkainen in the, uh, the it, it's a diegetic author or whatever. Like it's, oh, in, yeah, it's okay, in fiction right. that you can meet this guy and he has written something called the Tome of Foes, which catalogs all these things, which you can okay, buy cool. in real life as well. Uh, I've heard tales of drow who have forsaken the, the evil ways of their kind. I give these stories no credit, though Elminster himself swears they have validity. Never trust a drow or the word of an arc. Archmage. I, I include this quote just because it's like it is right in this section. So it's I think it is very clear that 
it seems like Morty is referencing modern drow and the drow who refuted Lolf's teachings in the end likely become something other than drow, uh, which okay. dramatic irony for me. I know that they will. Dramatic. Um, <laughs> yeah. So when when Morton <laughs> says like uh, I give the the uh, the stories no credit that a, a drow could forsake their evil ways, like they weren't really drow at the time. They were all just elves, and these became different than the drow down the line, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. It's funny. I've been thinking about that about like human history, just playing so much Assassin's Creed, and how I don't like the BC Assassin's Creed games, Origins and Odyssey, because like it's twenty five hundred years ago the fact that any of these people act in a single like scene anything like a modern human takes me it's, out of it a lot yeah but like it's the tough, ad right? stuff like hunting christians as a viking is just like yeah like i get this much more because all this the church of england is still around right yeah 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 <laughs> shane gillis tells that story of going to george washington's house it's so but, fucking good yeah and there's people who are in character there but they're slaves and he's like no you don't have to do that please yeah, like, yeah. oh my god yeah. um don't do the voice i'd give anything for you to not do the voice yeah exactly <laughs> so fucking bad. uh so the queen and her followers do abandon Lulz really evil ways but they're pretty morally gray at best again her plan is to siphon the souls of her followers to be, turn herself into a god so she can ostensibly she says her goal is to make things right and like set the pantheon back in order but it's also like along the way you're going to become a god that's like real fucking nice for you right yeah everybody gets to become a god they all become the singular force right she takes yeah. all the souls puts it into exactly, one yeah, yeah. All, all the ceo gets richer thus making me spiritually richer yeah, it's the opposite of Christianity, where she's going to eat all their communion wafers that are their bodies. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's it's trickle trickle down Christianity or something. Trickle, yeah. trickle up, yeah. 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 Uh, I got a I got some bad news about trickle down economics, Pete. It does trickle up. <laughs> oh yeah, well that's yeah. of course true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, they can, <laughs> they get to become a god. Too. My body, like. <laughs> <laughs> um. So she continues to grow in power by having her followers lend her their magic and their souls. And as she grows more powerful, she attracts more followers. So more people in the Feywild watching what she's doing and seeing like, oh, wow, she's she's really doing it. Uh, more people are, are buying in and, and starting to, you know, joining the cult, essentially. Leading a cult is such a good racket, dude. I can't believe that. I, I've been listening to a lot of Behind the Bastards recently, and it's like, man, the, the shit that these guys get away with, just unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so these followers freely offer her their souls and magic, and she sets herself up with a nice little feedback loop of, I am eating your souls and, and your magic to get more powerful, and that is bringing me more of you guys to give me your souls and magic. Right. And it's, it seems like it's working. She seems to be on the path to ascension. Uh, this group of followers called themselves the Shadar Kai, who will be the, the race of elves who do follow the Raven Queen uh, in the future. Uh, they hope for their queen's ascension, believing that if she could achieve it, she would be able to reunite all the elves. again. Noble intent sounds <laughs> sounds good, right? When she Wonder takes over both like. creation and time, she will give our souls back. She said, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah, exactly." She probably. I, I wonder what it feels when you're bulking on souls. You know, do you feel like you, you don't want to absorb the 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 tenth one that day? Or, oh yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> souls today. I just like can't do it. I can't do another soul. I swear to God. <laughs> yeah, I imagine exactly. like cracking elves into a, like a raw elf blender of just like. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so I did send you guys two pictures of what Shatterkai look like. Modern Shatterkai, they, d- they don't look like this at the time, but they will eventually uh, come to look kind of like they're, they're essentially Shadow Elves. They'll become Shadow Elves. Uh, again, kind of treading that line of morally gray where they're not Dark Elves and they're not, you know, elf like normal elves. Physically um, gray as well. Yeah, physically gray, morally gray. All that good stuff, right? They just look like pointier, grayer, hairless humans. Yep. <laughs> and very thin. But they I look mean, like the new like um, Harkonnen yeah. from Denis Villeneuve's Dune. Yep, absolutely. Bald, pale, weird, black clothes. <laughs> yeah, less black sweaty. clothes. Less uh, sweaty, yeah. Carrying <laughs> chains. Yeah, carrying chains, always. Uh, so her plan is simple. Conduct a big old ritual, drain the souls and magic of her followers, and open up a path from the Feywild back to Arvindor. So she's like, we're, we're going. When she gets there... There's only three steps to the spell, guys. I'm going to absorb your souls and open a portal to heaven. Yeah. Like, and then, okay. then talk to Simple. Dad. Simple enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so when she gets there, uh, she's, she says she'll stand before Corlon as a god and bargain to you know, bring Wolf back into the fold, bring everyone back into the fold, big, big happy family, uh, parent trap. It ends the exact same way that parent trap ends. Trust me. I haven't seen it, but I'm pretty sure this is how Parent Trap goes. Um, I wonder if they get back together. I don't remember. No, Parent Trap, they must learn the lesson that people can't get back together, or else they're telling all these kids out there with divorced parents that, no, your, your parents will get back together. You just have to keep trying. This is Doubtfire. They don't get back together. Yeah. Robin William okay. poisons P- Pierce Brosnan at the shrimp restaurant. And then I remember watching they remain parent- divorced. <laughs> I remember watching the beginning of Parent Trap with divorced parents and being like, what? That's the thing you can do? You can just, <laughs> <laughs> you can just find an actress who looks exactly like you and then you can, yeah. <laughs> you can do the trick. Easy peasy. So what could go wrong with our little parent trap? What could we could we tr- accidentally trick all our children into thinking that they could get their parents back together just by, <laughs> by tricking them? I, I don't know. I guess we'll find out after the break. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome back. The Shatter Kai, you'll recall, are gathered around their nameless queen, lending her their souls and magic while she conducts a ritual to open a passage from the Feywild to Arvindor, the home of the creator of the elves, Corallon. Right? You guys remember that, right? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no, no. <laughs> uh, so while this might be a noble goal, we did highlight that the Shatterkai are morally gray at best. While many of the Shatterkai believe in their queen and in the goal of unifying the elves, there are those among them who see an opportunity for personal gain. So, uh, to your point, Jamie, like you kind of mentioned, like oh, the elves won't won't mix even if we get them back in. Like they're you know they've they've been uh, 
made into different things. We're never going to get the chance to find out because they're they're never going to make it back to Arvin. Good. Uh, ship's going to sink on the way. Um, some Shatterkai wizards were capable of hooking the power lines to the Queen's ritual, uh, uh, intent on using the power be given to the Queen to run illegal lotto machines in their bar basement, right? <laughs> so they're, they're, they're tapped into Hydro. They're they are stealing from the Queen during her ritual, essentially. Um, no the telling portal, how... it's unstable. Something's <laughs> draining it. You've got like like a bunch of like old fat Shatterkai and like mobility scooters just like pulling like video slots. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, all all hooked up, like plugged into her ass, basically. Uh, <laughs> so the intrusion on the ritual is not noticed for some time. It's not clear how long a ritual like this takes. Like if if I was DMing the game, like this is like this ritual takes a year. Like people are just like, you know, there forever. I like the idea of it taking a long time. So I'm going to say Lore Boys Canon. They've been there for like a long time, kind of just like boosting her up, like very Dragon Ball Z powering up a spirit bomb over several episodes right every right, time yeah. i play a campaign with ethan he's like yeah and then the ritual takes a year and then we join the sessions for a whole year and we just have to wait there for the two yeah. hours every uh, time uh it's and- a sandbox you guys can do whatever you want in that year okay it's not my fault that there's nothing to do uh, <laughs> it's like i go to the nearby inn there's no inns yeah there's no inns <laughs> Uh, dude, you're in the Feywild, okay? There's like the elves just got there and they immediately got to work on this. Who do you think had time to set up an inn, Jamie? <laughs> uh, I look around for an object to pick up. Uh, dude, it's you're in the Feywild. You find a pine cone, dude. Great, oh, good job. God. Wait, wait to win D and D, Jamie. All right, I I <laughs> lay down and I chew on the pine cone. <laughs> okay, roll me roll me a, a D twenty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Wait, let me let me roll twenty. I want to see what happens to my pine cone. Okay, okay, let's find out. Um, well, oh, one! It shatters into a thousand pieces and perforates your soft palate. Yeah, you get an infection and die. <laughs> roll one to twenty. Roll a d twenty. Go. Eighteen. Oh, well, that's pretty good. Uh, it's a very tasty pine cone. Awesome. It's still like clean my teeth seeds on the inside. Yeah, it's not <laughs> the flaky little seeds on the inside. A squirrel hadn't gotten to it yet. Exactly. Oh, exactly. Awesome. Okay, cool. I can't wait for next week. <laughs> <laughs> well, next uh, week you need to get utensils time, to safely it. eat your pine cone. <laughs> um, so we have these wizards who are leeching power from the ritual intended to give the the queen of the Shatterkai more magical ability to give themselves more magical ability, right? They, they want to become uh, demigods in their own right. Um, and why not you see her do again see she she has this noble goal but attached to it is a very selfish goal of becoming a god and others see it and say like yeah she'll still become a god and she'll still reunite all the elves and we'll also get more power while she's doing it too right yeah they're literally it is mlm right it is a cult exactly, it is yeah. it's very very standard it's trickle down christianity it's multi-level <laughs> magic actually yes yeah. yeah um so the intrusion on the ritual is not noticed for some time Oh, what's her name? Sorry, what's the god's name again? She will become the Raven Queen. She's not the Raven Queen yet. She's no, she is Lulth, just a queen right? of the shit. Oh, Lolth, sure. Yeah, it's multi Lolth marketing. So the intrusion on the ritual is not noticed for some time. To be fair, Queen had her hands full draining souls, and the rest of the Shatter Kai had their hands full having their souls drained and stealing uh, energy from her. Yeah, well, I mean, they, they the ones doing it probably did notice the intrusion, but right, <laughs> I'm, yeah, saying, yeah, I'm saying yeah. the other ones who would have stopped them from doing it didn't notice. But uh, why did why didn't those burglars arrest uh, like conduct a citizens arrest on themselves while they were robbing the bank? I don't understand. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
the queen had made it almost all the way back to Arvindor when she Sorry, realized just when she realized out in the what's forest because you can you can teach certain birds how to talk. Would do you think like the medieval version of a guy wearing a wire was the guy who showed up with a parrot? I mean, I feel like ravens. <laughs> I feel like you can teach ravens to speak. Yeah, you can. So. <laughs> you can teach some of them how to talk. I think, or at least I've seen it. Like in the second Ace Ventura movie, there's a talking <laughs> raven. Right. <laughs> And that I, documentary yeah exactly exactly i wouldn't want your wire like repeating what you're saying as you're saying it though you know like no well, that's why you walk sure in you, you have to wear baggy more. clothes so the parrot's taped to your chest and no one can see it right <laughs> <laughs> just picture like yago from aladdin just like, like gilbert strapped Godfrey. gilbert godfrey you gotta let me out of here <laughs> hey <laughs> Hey, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna listen in on the conversation, huh? Listen, let me take this parrot and strap it to my chest. But it's the parrot saying that the whole time because I heard you say it earlier. <laughs> yeah, <of course. laughs> it's, it's like it's like, like saying it's like, well, no, you can't reveal that you've got the parrot. Actually, you cannot tell anybody that you're a federal agent. That's a common misconception. <laughs> did did your shirt just say that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jafar's way too thin to strap a parrot underneath his robes. It would just I stick up right there. robes, though. I feel like uh, under the like under the skirt part, right? If he had, if he had taped Iago to his thigh, like his inner thigh, ground. under the robe, he probably yeah. could have hidden the fact he was wearing yeah. a wire the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when those things die, the toucans are their nose. Oh, I guess not a parrot, but a toucan. They're, the noses are part of the skeleton, the colorful noses. So yeah. their little yeah. bird skeletons have that big, colorful beak still in their little tiny hollow bones. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Toucans are yeah. neat. Yeah. yeah. Well, how about three? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna let it linger. I'm not. I'm not getting back on with the story. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'm comfortable. We can stay here all day. <laughs> um. Okay. So she's she's mid ritual. She's almost back to Arvindor when she realizes, like, oh, these people are are tapping my ritual and and stealing my power. Naturally, she's enraged. She decides punishment cannot wait. She lashes out at the thieves, unleashing her wrath on the mid ritual. Unfortunately. She doesn't really understand her own strength at this point. She's mid-ascension. She's basically a, a demigod or a god, a full god at this point, who is brand, brand spanking new to the whole business, <laughs> doesn't realize how much juice she has behind that punch. Um, and she, when she turns her focus away from the ritual uh, to these usurpers, the force of her now divine rage takes on an essence of its own Twisting the ritual and something into something entirely new, so oh. essentially changes the whole ritual into fucking these people up, basically okay. from from teleporting back to Arvindor and her and all her people like she had wanted to do. Oh no! It's like yeah. Have you ever had a dream that just turns like on a dime? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, like yeah, yeah. Like, there, I, you just reminded me of a dream I had the other night. I don't know if this is a good podcast, but that like I was like driving out in the country like like in fields on like dirt roads and fields essentially just like driving through fields and then realized somebody was following me then i was in this like abandoned house like kind of like a nuke town house you know what i mean like clearly not okay, lived yeah, in, like, yeah. set up to look like it was lived in and for putting like, in call out uh, call of duty for, uh, terms <laughs> for us so we could all uh, imagine it okay, yeah nuke yeah exactly house. exactly yeah. Yeah. Uh, or or like the the towns that they they built in the desert that like Newtown and from Call of Duty is based on, right? Yeah, um, it's just like this like like mannequin house or whatever, right? Where like I knew like I knew in my heart of hearts no one was living there, uh, but then I was like hiding out from these people in this place and I was like creeping around the house and it was like it was such a turn from like having so much 
fun, like just like driving on country roads <laughs> through the sewers from fields oh, to like oh, shit. People are chasing me. I gotta hide in this house. Like, <laughs> oh my god, dude, dude. No, no reason for it. Just for that me, dream. I had a dream uh, one time where I was walking uh, on a nice like naturey trail. And then a lion man was full on chasing me. <laughs> and I was running from the lion man. And well, I woke up. Courage. Yeah, he had courage. It was so scary. It was a human with a mane. And he was fucking fast. And he, he was coming for me. And he got me. And I woke up. But anyways. <laughs> dreams. A, what do they mean, man? There's a, there's a classic uh, extra fabulous comic. He's like a web comic artist. Uh, I embezzled funds to support his Patreon for a while. You guys may, may oh, remember, right? That guy. He, he has a comic which is like there's a guy and he's like nervously looking in his like he's driving his car and he's nervously looking in his like side view mirror, like looking in the mirror or whatever. And there's just like a distant figure of like a person running behind him. <laughs> and then it says like objects in mirror are closer than they appear. And then it <laughs> it gets closer to the guy. And he has a shirt that just says "fast guy." <laughs> <laughs> it's just your your fucking fast lying guy reminds me of that <laughs> uh so so the the queen of the shadow kai realizes her error after after the ritual begins to change though she doesn't have the knowledge of her own power that she would need to stop it and like turn it back into what it should be right if such a thing is even possible if reversing her rage at this point was even possible we don't know the river the river had pushed over the edge of the cliff and the waterfall is coming basically okay she tries to tear the magic of the ritual off of herself, seeing too late what, what was coming. She draws on what remains of the now tattered souls of the Shatter Kai, pulling them to her to try and cut the binds of the magic, now piercing her. They were flung through the plains, landing not in Arvindor in the loving embrace of the being whose blood they were made from, but instead in the Shadowfell. So we've done a whole episode on the Shadowfell. We very, very creepy stitched up eye guy, like the yeah, crossroads dude, right? Exactly. That's when you yeah. get to the Shadowfell. That's uh, like the first person you meet. Essentially, we, we talked very briefly. The Shadow Kai are prominent denizens of the uh, of the Shadowfell. Uh, the Raven Queen lives here now. Uh, and I, I don't we didn't talk very much about but either of these things. I assume I said at the time, I'll do an episode on the Shadow Kai someday. <laughs> Three years later, here we are. Huh? Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I did send a picture of what the Shadowfell looks like. It's um, when we talked about the 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 Shadowfell when the material plane or when the material plane was created. Some bits were too bright and some bits were too dark. The bits that were too bright spun off to form the Feywild. The bits that were too dark spun off to form the the Shadowfell. So um, both are, are have like the Feywild and the Shadowfell have very intense ties to emotion. In that. Uh, you know, emotions can get amplified by by just being there. Essentially, you can get like euphoric highs or like really bad lows. And the the Shadowfell seems to be more tied to to kind of like pervasive emotions. Like you don't change quickly, but you kind of just get like these feedback loops where your emotions get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger, and you never really break out of it. Whereas in the Feywild, it's much <laughs> more changing all the time. Someone's dad watching the news at night, just to yeah, get exactly. angrier and angrier. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they've got litter boxes in schools. Yeah, <laughs> dead, I thought this was America. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. exactly. That's the shadow fell. They've yeah. been siphoning off yeah. her magic to fill litter boxes at schools. Yeah. So she turns yeah. around and freaks out. Yeah. And le left Twitter is the Feywild, which is like equally as bad in that it is just chaotic and and constantly like like rotting your brain and you're switching from one thing to another just like way too fast right <laughs> oh god uh, i say left twitter just twitter's bad i guess but <laughs> oh yeah no, I, yeah I, it is you hit the nail on the head there yeah. and we say fox news but cnn fucking sucks too so <laughs> oh dude it's it's on at the gym they got a hardcore kill them all policy these days it's yeah. fucking crazy dude yeah they're all bad yeah uh so the queen uh, the queen of our shatter kai 
killed instantly on arrival. Her skin flensed from her bones, her, her mind shattered by the overwhelming magic flowing through it. From the devastated mind of this, this Queen of the Shattered Kai, coupled with the lingering magical energy, the Raven Queen is born. So, born from the soul of this Queen of the Shattered Kai, essentially. Okay, right. Uh, I'm sure she's end. very stable, being the hastily reassembled parts of a Shattered God. Yeah, super <laughs> not. Super not. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so, it's a rough end for our Queen, for sure. But the wizards who interrupted her ritual don't get off much easier. Here's another quote from Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes. When their ritual failed with catastrophic results, the wizards in the consortium were pulled into the Shadowfell along with the queen and the Shatter Kai. But their misfortune didn't end there. Their former queen arose from the center of a maze of ash and let loose a scream of ebon smoke that penetrated the flesh and minds of the wizards, turning their bones black and lacerating their souls. Ugh. The cries of agony merged with her own, and when her scream faded, the wizards had been mutated and warped into these scabrous, vulturous creatures known as Nagpas. Now they wander the plains as wretched monsters, marked forever by the Raven Queen's curse and banished from her presence. So I did send you guys a picture of what a Nagpa looks like. Very similar to the, the uh, evil creatures in uh, the... Uh, Dark Lost? Crystal? Dark Crystal. I was like, Forgotten Crystal? Lost Crystal? Dark yeah, Crystal. Yeah, yeah, they are, yeah. They look like... Uh, what the fuck are they? The Skeksis. They look the like Skeksis, that. The Skeksis, exactly. Yeah. They're, you know, scattered yeah. robes. Hunchback Vulture Man. Hunchback Vulture Man. They, exactly. Yeah, they can walk for miles um, without needing to consume any evil because all the evil's in their hump. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so the Shatter Kai, having landed on the Plane of Shadow, did their best to get their bearings while their queen turned people into birds and screamed a bunch. They watched as, they watched as their queen banished the newly created Nagpas and struggled with the grief of it's all that happened. <laughs> uh, in trying to restore her followers to their place at their god's side, she had seen her kingdom destroyed, she had been betrayed, and she had failed at attaining true divinity. Uh, Again, the the Raven Queen does rise from the soul of the Queen of the Shatter Kai, and seems to be like there is a fragment of the Shatter Kai, or of the Shatter Kai Queen that is present within the Raven Queen, I, I believe. But it's not just her; like it's not just her soul that forms this. So it's kind of like the the Raven Queen has this one core memory, which defines kind of her creation, which is like the memory of being betrayed failing at divinity because she died and her soul was destroyed and then okay. something else moves into the place to take over and become the raven queen so it's like or she it's like failed. reassembled wrong in some capacity yeah, right exactly with like they do borrow like other pieces and we'll get into it a little bit but like there's pieces of the shadow fell itself which are part of the raven queen in in the restructuring of her essentially and they so. put her back together like where do they put this colorful beak it's two can bones like yeah. throw, it, throw it with the two can bones come on uh, <laughs> uh, all the shatter kai coming to give her gifts they all brought the same gift which is just more two can bones just a two can skeletons <laughs> oh a two can skeleton thank you <laughs> oh wow i've never seen this before uh <laughs> so she wallows in sorrow and all the while the lingering magics of the ritual continue to tear at her to break her and remake her a thousand times over the Raven Queen was broken down to something made entirely of symbols, dreading her physical form completely. Uh, this seems to be where the ravens like, like take the most place. Is that sometimes she just appears as like a flock of ravens, I guess, because okay. she is just symbol. She doesn't have like a physical body anymore. It's like a high hat, huh. and then a bunch of ravens. Exactly. Yeah, they're That's breaking and reassembling her. Breaking and reassembling her. It's like when you have to make pasta from scratch and you have to keep folding the dough over exactly. it, rip it apart over it. You got to form enough gluten to get a raven. Exactly. Board to get the yeah, gluten yeah, in there. Yeah. 
Um, now that's pure, some digestive pure music. Pure Nihon noodles, folded 1,000 times. <laughs> uh, so to try and hold on to any sense of self, she pulls from the land around her, using what remains of her power to pull in pieces of the Shadowfell, becoming entwined with this this plane of melancholy. Like, there's no other way to describe it. Like, this is a, a sad, sorrow-filled place. That's my kind of name from now on. Melancholy. (laughs) (laughs) She's so spunky, though. Um, She's kind of accidentally turned herself. I forgot uh, the David Bowie God, who is also kind of like a formless, ethereal thing who appears as like a river or whatever. She's kind of she's taken. She she still got there, but went in the wrong direction. Right. Yeah. She took three left turns. Yeah, it did, didn't even occur to me at all, but you're totally right. She does, like, loop back in on what, like, Coraline's original vision for his yeah. for their children was, right? On the subject of Fox and th- CNN, she's very much just horseshoed herself back to the, yeah, exactly. the yeah. exact same horrible yeah. place. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in in doing so and pulling the Shadowfell into herself, she does manage to, to cement herself as divine, as a god, but at immense personal cost for the fragmented mortal soul of the Elven Queen who once was. Right. What remains, uh, if anything, of that soul is like echo essentially again like there, there's there's some hints of it but it's really not there They're, she's really not the same person okay. while over centuries the thoughts feelings and memories of the Shadowfell itself have coalesced into the deity known as the raven queen so it's kind of just like the the sentience of the plane the memory of like things that have happened here are is the raven queen cool. okay cool uh i have another quote for you guys since achieving divinity, the Raven Queen has filled her realm with shadows and memories, obsessively collecting such essences from remnants of dead gods and mortals that were strewn throughout the Shadowfell. From these metaphysical fragments, she formed her new home, a twisted castle that the Shadow Kai called the Fortress of Memories. The fortress is a mournful place filled with incessant echoes of the past. Flocks of ravens that act as her eyes and ears darken the skies around it when they emerge from within, bearing her cryptic messages and omens far and wide across the multiverse. Within the Fortress of Memories are trinkets and items that the Raven Queen finds irresistible, memories plucked from people's past that have been invested with deep feelings of pain, sorrow, longing, guilt, or remorse. These items are brought to her as gifts from the Shadar Kai. These trinkets can include furniture, clocks, mirrors, jewels, and toys. Also appearing in the Fortress are ghostly visions of people, places, and pets. Any of these things can spontaneously appear about her lair, every object and apparition being a metaphoric representation of some story, great or small, that was saturated with raw emotion. Love that. I I would love if it was like all... Just not like horribly painful memories, but just like like really innocent, embarrassing ones, like like a voice crack at a spelling bee or something. Oh, yeah. You're walking through a hall, and it's like inconvenience. Yeah, and see, it goes through the halls, like yeah. <laughs> or like a like it's like because obviously the, we just established that ravens or crows are different. You know, like instead of the deep like honk that it makes, it's like it's like caw voice, like puberty voice cracks yeah. when, it's, when it's, it's trying to be like ominous. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh. Bunch, bunch of acne all over its beak, just like caw. <laughs> Uh, so yeah so this is all like the raven symbology i can find again like this is like a, as much as it goes f- for me that that i could see at least in this this entry of mordecai and stomach foes is like she likes to collect things which again i don't know if ravens do that i assume they do they're, yeah. they're corvids so they probably do on some level at least magpies do it's kind of magpies like do. conflating the behavior of like the exactly. entire species or exactly. that branch of the bird tree right and ravens will at least gift us like little shiny things they find so i'd imagine they they 
value yeah. them themselves, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Um, they're incredibly intelligent. I know that. So they do like organize and like scheme and like learn and use tools. I think they're the only birds who use tools. There's I could an... be completely wrong about that. Somebody I I can try and pull I know up ravens do. I think I think yeah, I know corvids can. Oh There's... like I think corvids can use tools. There's a video that I have of a local dog park that I go to, and no joke, there was 50 ravens there. Or I'm not sure if it was ravens or crows. Ravens are crows Probably are crows. In pack. Ravens crows are, are pack. huge, yeah, and okay. they don't they don't typically travel in big groups. There was like 50 of them there, and I was like, why are there so many fucking uh, crows here? And I look, and down in the field below, there's a guy who feeds them, and <laughs> he starts feeding them, and then one of them goes up and starts calling. And they're coming from everywhere. And like in this video, I could see 50 of them, but there was literally a hundred crows around. Like, yeah. and they're just so like, cool. a, yeah. I, I just see a silhouette from a distance. Crows. It's like this, the silhouette of a man on a park bench and you approach it and it just dissolves into crows. Just that the paper bag full of seed topples over. <laughs> Saucy took credit for it. He says he sent them my way, but I know the real truth. <laughs> yeah. But um, I looked it up. You can feed them. And anyone want to start a band of crows yourself. So you can become a crow lord or a raven lord. You can get uh, bird feed works, whole eggs. Offer them an egg in a trying time. And really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is, is it like a boiled egg? Like, do I have to peel it? Or I think you could just give it. I think you give right? it fresh. Yeah. They probably still like 10 today. I have a turkey egg that my aunt gave me. That's just fucking huge. I, I haven't boiled it yet. Hmm. Oh, wow. Maybe we'll give that to a crow. Yeah. Why not? Give it, give, give your local crow an egg. To, yeah, to listen. give a crow an egg. Give back, give back. Yeah, they'll um, bring you some uh, presents and embarrassing memories. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is the, uh, but this is what I was saying earlier, Jamie, when you made the joke about the raving queen. Like, she's yeah. obsessed with feelings of pain, sorrow, longing, guilt, and remorse. Like, it feels like she probably has some manic moments where she probably goes a little yeah. raving mad, right? Yeah. Has a little yeah. manic Monday, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Does she uh, know why a raven's like a writing desk? Are we going to get to that point or no? <laughs> uh yeah i mean i assume she does but again ravens are cryptic so she'll right. never tell right yeah. uh so even though they're bound for all time by the ritual serve the raven queen the shatterkai do generally fear her they they do not dwell inside the fortress of memories for most of them are rightfully terrified of the place they understand that she's like a little uh, offset but they do serve her. um all of the shatterkai uh appear old and withered when they're in the shadow fell uh, the ritual draining their souls has left them permanently stripped of the traditional beauty standards enjoyed by other elves. So all other elves, like elves don't age. When an elf gets to the end of their life in 5th in edition, um, elves also don't sleep. They enter a trance every night for like four hours. When, okay. an, when an elf is en nearing the end of its life, during their trance, they'll get like crescent moon shapes uh, in their eyes, and that's how they know they're going to die soon. They they never age mm. like in any way. They never they never get older at all. But the Shatterkai all look permanently older when they're in the Shadowfell because you see what the the ritual that the the queen had undertaken cost their souls. Essentially, gotta be a waning okay. moon, eh? Waning, not waxing. Yeah, you don't want to get wax in your eye. No, oh, you get waxing <laughs> moon at a spa. Well, waning <laughs> is is like the moon fading away, right? So yeah, that's exactly. when they would fade away. I guess exactly. Yeah. Um, so ashamed of not being true pretty boys, they often wear massive metal or wood, uh, and these are almost always melancholic in their design, so they're leaning into the Shadowfell aesthetic. Um, the Shatterkai don't go full emo for no reason. They're pretty upset about losing their civilization and getting banished to the Shadow Realm. <laughs> one, thing, one thing they've got going for them, which might lend to cutting wrists and blacking eyes, is that they know that death is not the end for them. So okay. while other elves 
and they approach the end of their life or or die uh, from mortal wounds or something like that, their souls go to Arvindor. They're eventually reborn as something else. We won't get into it. Okay. The, whenever a Shatter Kai dies, their soul does not go back to Arvindor like the other elves. Instead, it is ensnared by the Raven Queen who returns them to the Shadowfell and resurrects them to serve her once more. Yeah. Shatter wake Kai. up and yeah. the guy on the sign's there again yeah. and you, you got to do it all the fucking over again. Ah, yeah. shit. Here we go again. It's yeah. roguelite life, basically. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Uh, so they come to know the the new oh, incarnation. Shit, here of... we crow again. Sorry. Oh, very good. Very good. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, they come to know the the new incarnation of their queen and just how emotional she can be. The Raven Queen is fascinated by mortal emotions, and when one visits her in the Fortress of Memories, the Shatter Kai will do their best to prepare the solicitors. Um, so they they kind of serve as like stewards to her, and like if you wanted to visit the Raven Queen, you would like go through the Shatter Kai and deal with them, and they would they would be like, oh yeah, you know she gets a little emotional, probably gonna you know like root around your head and find your deepest darkest darkest memories and kind of bring them to the forefront of your consciousness when when you're in with her, you know. <laughs> oh, that's so not awful. evil, right? It's just it's it's just goth dimension. It's like kind yeah, of sad. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, not, I, I don't think evil uh, probably can be an argument made, but I, I think oh, well, there's an alignment chart in D&D. Where do they go? Uh, I don't I don't think uh, playable races get alignments anymore, but oh, OK, let me the, there's definitely some uh, neutral. Neut- there's definitely some monsters that are uh, that are Shatter Kai. So maybe she is like, lawful neutral, apparently lawful neutral. The Raven Queen is, I think, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Again, like. Soul monger. So, yeah, typically neutral evil. So they they yeah they range they range neutral evil probably right so right they're they're definitely not good I think is fair to say but they live in a hard place so I think maybe some of it is forgiven for that yeah I mean like showing up to a house and having someone root through your head like a like it's a file cabinet uh just to bring out your strongest emotions sounds like quite a trip like yeah. maybe if you needed to deal with them it'd be good at bringing them to the forefront I wonder if she brings the strongest like happy moments or the strongest like. Uh, nostalgic moments or like or only is it just pain suffering embarrassment all that stuff it's definitely it's not like an ju- ayahuasca re- retreat for like yeah. rich white people basically yeah, yeah. when the shadow fell you get to whatever talk to this it, like this like whirring torrent of birds and throw up on the floor exactly yep. yeah yeah shit your pants yeah. <laughs> uh, so so the shatter kai warn visitors of how powerful emotion is in the shadow fell and in the presence of the sovereign who is entwined with it Sora That'd be a per- cool t- t-shirt. Sorry. What? I shit myself in Shadowfell. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll put it with Skittery Little Fuck Freak. Yeah. <laughs> that one's in the pipeline. <laughs> I went to the Shadowfell and all I got was shit in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> so, I cried and shit and farted. Yeah. <laughs> so Sorrow in particular is a powerful emotion to the Raven Queen as one that reminds her of the string of failures that heralded her creation. Okay. The Raven Queen is known to give adventurers who visit her a test, one made from their own psyche. So here's a, another quote for you guys. Because the Raven Queen has godlike power, she can put an adventuring party inside a demiplane that is created from the psyche of one of the characters. On entering the Fortress of Memories or encountering the Raven Queen, a character <laughs> can find themselves transported to a strange fairy tale world pulled from their experiences, filled with metaphors, parables, and allegories, all of which challenge that character's frailties, fears, and desires. They're going to throw us into Lion Man world, dude. Exactly. You guys are going to meet up. Go to your dreams, dude. We're all going to Lion Man world. <laughs> I, love that. I love that Half-Life level. We don't go to Lion Man world. <laughs> uh, 
so a, a lot of people don't return from their own psyche like they just get trapped in there never pass their test and they get they get stuck in lion man world getting chased by freddy krueger and the lion man teamed up <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i was just thinking just like jordan peterson who's just like goes to russia to go into his raven queen coma and comes back completely insane <laughs> uh, behavior interactive didn't get uh the ip for lion man from me so it's actually going to be more of like a cat person but it'll be yeah. of course <laughs> yeah, yeah. But- uh, so on entering her realm, you'd most likely be confronted with at least a glimpse of your own internal monologue, if not the test, the full test itself. Uh, the Raven Queen tends to probe deep into the minds of those programs who make their way to her domain, obsessed as she is with memory and emotion to draw forth, forth the deepest buried thoughts. To your point, Jamie, I don't think it's exclusively sorrow. Like, I think okay. that's those are the memories she's drawn most to. I think anything powerful enough, she would probably check it out at the very least, right? Yeah. Love, whatever. Love, sadness, fear. Um... Horniness. Running from the Lion Man. <laughs> running from the Lion Man. <laughs> On Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it's at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. Before you can love, you have to escape the Lion Man. <laughs> uh, Which is why I'm still single. I haven't yeah. escaped that yet. Yeah. He's there. He's, yeah. he's there just in your peripheral vision. Yeah. I befriended the Lion Man. That's how I, that's how I found love. Oh, that's man. how you got married? Yeah. <laughs> So many, most people don't understand, I mean, nobody really understands why she's like this. Many scholars do believe that she's playing 5Z chess, that she has some game afoot that she is playing out to achieve some ultimate unknowable goal. Others believe that in delving into mortal souls and getting a glimpse of the sweet soul fruit, she is mining, reminding herself of her former mort- mortality. Okay. Uh, I, got a, I got a quote to, uh, to round us off here. Some wizards and other scholars have speculated that the Raven Queen is simply insane that there is no method to her madness other than a nervous pecking apart of a psyche with no more motive than a curious child pulling the legs off an ant. Others have speculated that the Raven Queen needs the gravity of emotions to hold her eternally decaying identity together. But a few sages have postulated that the Raven Queen's purpose is of greater importance, that she serves as a filter of sorts, cleansing souls that cling to fear and pain, forcing them to confront their unfinished business so that they are freed of their mortal baggage and can rise to explore higher planes of existence. Uh, what she's up to ultimately is, is going to be up to your dungeon master in the campaigns that you're playing, right? Oh, uh, they, oh. they definitely leave it. They you never find out what the Raven Queen's plan is because you're going to build a campaign around what your Raven Queen's plan is. Uh, so that was our our episode on the Raven Queen and the Shatter Kai. Uh, thanks so much for listening, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, consider leaving a uh, five star review on your podcast app of choice and telling your friends about the show. It's it's how we continue to grow. So thanks for everyone. Thanks so much, everyone who has continued to do so so far pete do you want to talk about instagram uh at lower podcast on instagram i've got a comic coming out soon i'll probably shift the process of drawing in the morning and playing assassin's creed at night because my cat gets very annoying in the evening mm-hmm. and kind of delays things but i'm still on track for i don't we're not sure how we're going to sell the fucking thing uh but you could probably read it if you had eyes and uh, my email address uh, around <laughs> valentine's day 2024 i think i'm still on track i got I worked tirelessly all week on weekend this weekend, probably about like close to 14 hours total of coloring work that I did this weekend. Um, yeah, and and doing the big color layers first felt daunting. And I was like, I'll never fucking finish this in a million years, guys. But after coloring in an entire base layer of somebody's like skin color, clothing color and everything, and now all I'm doing is like accessories. You just color in like, oh, the sheriff's badge takes a second and a half and then you just do that 50 times and that whole thing 
Whatever. That's one week from uh, release day today, actually. Yeah. So, so the next time you uh, you get the the audio, well, we should have made good progress in the next uh, mm-hmm. couple weeks. Yeah, there. I know. Like the behind the scenes little tidbits I give aren't the most uh, thrilling thing on the planet. I guess yeah. I'm just like, hey, it's hard. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just pissed. You're yeah. talking about your cat and how to color when I want to plug my stream and everyone's turning everything off right now. Yeah. But. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. No, it's good. It's go, good. go ahead, Jimbo. Yeah, uh, lo- Twitch.tv slash Lore Boy James. Oh, don't sorry. do that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> lord boy james uh if you tune in tomorrow it will be my fourth stream uh come give me a follow and we're gonna get my sub button i uh, love to see you there it's been lots of folks hanging out if you want more lore boys uh sometimes you'll catch them in the chat and you'll always catch me on stream so tuesdays thursdays 8 p.m est um yeah. yeah and if you want to support the show uh you can join our patreon patreon.com slash the lore boys uh we offer some bonus audio we offer you know we do some polls sometimes on what to what topics to cover uh coming up next and you get a fancy name in the discord at discord.gg loreboys um so check it out if it's something that you can afford and you want to support us it really means the world to us all the people who do and of course if you don't trust patreon we do have loreboys prime we are actually holding i'm going to be holding some open auditions there's no limit on the number of um of people i'm going to recruit I need I need you to send me a picture of you wearing a mane uh, and <laughs> oh, no. a video of how fast you can oh, run. Oh no! And I'm I'm just planning a little a little surprise for uh, for some of the other boys on this podcast, or maybe one of the other boys on this podcast. Okay, sounds so like a video of you doing a beep test in a lion costume, and then yeah. we'll talk. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I got to start working on my cardio cardio Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Then. Yeah. <laughs> I'm streaming on Tuesday, Thursday. The lion man's coming. The lion the lion man coming. Uh, <laughs> and I think that would constitute a lore boys, lore boys, being chased by lion man. Lore boys being chased by lion man. What the fuck, cool. Ethan? <laughs> he did Dude, it again. <laughs> <laughs>